morning. Good to see you today, and uh, thank you for being here. It's such a beautiful day outside, isn't it? God is good. I want to preach from Acts chapter 3. And if they wouldn't mind to put up Acts chapter 3, 1 through 10, I want to read that text as we get started this morning. Do you know it is possible to be in a good place, physically in a good place, but on the inside be in a bad place? You know, it's possible to be in a whole group of people. Everybody's talking, laughing, socializing, all those things. It's, okay. it's possible to be in a group like that and feel all alone. You know, um, it's possible to be places where you see such wealth and beauty and, and expensive things and feel poor. <laughs> Just walk through the grocery store now, right? All those expensive things. Uh, you don't have to go to the mall to find an expensive shop. Just walk through, through the grocery store, through Walmart. It is possible, what I'm trying to say, to be at a beautiful place, but to feel ugly. It's possible to be so close to a beautiful place, but on the inside yet be so far away from what we really, really need. And today we see a man who was placed every day at a beautiful place, but he was, he was, uh, he was ill, he was crippled, he was hurting. He was, in a bad pl- he was in a bad place himself right outside the gate called beautiful. It's possible to come to church, see everybody else praying and worshiping and Maybe it seems like they're experiencing blessings and God's helping them, but yet you sit there and think, what about me? It's possible to be in a good place, but yet a bad place on the inside. Let's read Acts chapter 3, 1 through 10 together. Now Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms, money, from those who entered the temple. And who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for a donation. He asked them for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, or silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received Strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who was set begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. We see the, the story begin with this man as so often he was placed at the gate beautiful just outside of the temple. Obviously it was 
ordinate. It was beautiful, but it was also outside of a beautiful place. It was also right at the gate of a place where people went to encounter God and worship God and to be blessed by God. But yet this man found himself just on the outside of all of that in a terrible condition. Peter and John are coming to the temple, as was their custom, for the hour or for the time of prayer. It wasn't meaning necessarily they were going to pray for an hour, but it was the time of prayer. If I did my math correctly, maybe around 3 o'clock, but I, I would have to look at that again. But they were coming to pray. Do you know there is something special about prayer? Can I ask us this morning, do we pray? Do we pray? When we take time to pray, there's something special about taking time to pray. There is something special about doing what you and I did today in getting up on a Sunday morning and saying church is a priority in my life. Coming together with fellow believers week after week is important and, and I'm here to worship God, to honor God, and to pray to God and to hear the word of God proclaimed. There is something special about doing those things. When we do those things, when we, when we make church a part of our lives, when we make prayer a part of our daily lives, we position ourselves for special things to happen. I believe this morning that when we pray, hearts are healed. I believe that when we pray, burdens are lifted. Have you gone to the Lord in prayer, feeling burdened down, feeling defeated or maybe disgusted? You ever feel disgusted? Look at your neighbor and say, you disgusted. No, don't do that. <laughs> See, I'm doing real good today. And I run off the tracks, Maggie. Run off the tracks. Pray for me, right? Something special happens when we pray. Burdens are lifted. Hearts are, are healed. We receive strength that we otherwise did not have before we spent time to pray. And sometimes we run our physical lives on empty. If I didn't want to single out my wife today, I wouldn't mention that. Sometimes she will message me and say, I have just enough gas to get to the gas station. Sometimes I think she's in the negative. But how often do we live our lives that way? Prayer is a gift. Prayer is an opportunity. Prayer gives us strength and guidance and, and relief for the journey. And I can't help but think that if we would make prayer a part of our daily lives, prioritize prayer, we will find special help in life. Prayer is important. Prayer will help us receive guidance. You see, especially when we take time in our praying to listen to God. I heard a story the other day. I watched the memorial service for Dr. Charles Stanley, the pastor at First Baptist Church in Atlanta. You may be familiar with him, the In Touch Ministries and his preaching and teaching for decades and decades. But one of the men that spoke was one of his associate pastors, and he said that Dr. Stanley was a man of prayer. And he said that Dr. Stanley actually had a room in his house that was built especially to be his 
prayer closet, so to speak, his place to go and pray on a regular basis. And he would, he would have colleagues and other ministers and this gentleman at times come with him and they would go in that room and they would pray. And this man said that he was new and he, he didn't know much about well, exactly all of this and about Dr. Stanley and he said that they went into the room and he said Dr. Stanley prayed for a while and then he said I prayed for a while and then he said Dr. Stanley prayed a while and I prayed a while he was just doing everything Dr. Stanley did he was a new guy he was just trying to you know fit in do what, what you're supposed to do and he said at one point during the prayer on bended knees in prayer to God Dr. Stanley had been praying then, then he just stopped and the man listened and he wondered. And then he said, Dr. Stanley said, hmm. So he said, well, I said, hmm. <laughs> but what he found out he was doing was Dr. Stanley was taking time then to just listen to the voice of God. And to spend time in the presence of God. I can promise us when we pray, we are in the presence of God. What a thought. And when we pray, it's important for us to verbalize, get it all off of our heart. Say it, talk to God, just communicate with him. You don't have to say thee, thou, thus, and use the King James vernacular. We don't go around talking like that, do we? Just talk to God in a reverent way, but talk to him and lay it out to him. But also, there's something special in our prayer when we just take time to listen to God. And listen for that still, small voice. And listen for his direction. Let me ask a question here. Do you pray? Now let me ask this question. Do you pray and believe? That, that's a key. Pray and believe. Jesus said, when you pray, whatever so, whatsoever you pray, believe it and you shall have it. There's an important thing that we have to use and that is faith. When we pray, let's pray with faith. So I thought about having this little slogan, and I'll probably end with it, pray and believe, pray and believe, pray and believe. But then I thought, this is the advanced group this morning. I'm looking at the, now don't tell 11 o'clock that, because I'll probably tell them, you're the advanced group this morning. <laughs> but I think you can handle one other thing. What if we said this, pray and believe and listen. Is that all right this morning? What if we did that? that that's a very fundamental, very easy to remember. What if we prayed what if we believed who we prayed to, and what if we listened? Pray, believe, and listen. There's something special that happens at the time of prayer. Peter and John were on their way to pray. They were on their way. This was a pattern of their lives. But they came upon this man who was crippled from birth, who was sitting at the side of the gate called Beautiful. Here's my next point. I think they have a slide for this. It's possible to be at a beautiful place while having an ugly condition. That's okay. I'm not following my own. There it is. I'm not following my own slides this morning, am I? <laughs> it, is, it is possible to be at a beautiful place but have an ugly Condition. Can I tell you that because of the curse of sin and the effects of the curse of sin, we live in a fallen world. That is something that we have to understand as Christians. It's so easy sometimes for anybody to say, well, why does God 
allow this? Or why does God allow that? Or why aren't things better? Right now, in this present age in which we live, we're living in a fallen world that is under the curse and the effects of sin. And that means there is a struggle. That means there is sickness. That means there is separation. There is death. There is pain. We're in the fallen world. Christ has come to help us live through this. And one day he's going to come again and put it all back into order the way God intended it to be. So there is a plan of God, theologically speaking, but we can live with more peace and more confidence when we understand we're in this fallen world, but we have Christ with us. Somebody say amen. And one day he's going to come and put it all back together again. But until then, we've got to live through some of the ugliness of life. We do. We do, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but we have to live through the ugliness of life. And I, I, I'm, I believe, and I believe in the power of prayer, but I also don't think that God is our robot or our lapdog. And, and we can't just decree and declare this, and we can't just say that, and God does our beckoning for us. We pray and we submit to his will, and we let him work in us and through us. Is that all right? Say amen this morning. And when we can understand that, we'll live with more confidence and more peace in Christ. When, they, when, when we know that in this world the enemy plays for keeps. You know that? When I play Monopoly, <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. My wife won't even play it with me anymore. When I play Monopoly, I play for keeps. Before all those electronic banking devices, I don't know why they had to go electronic with, with Monopoly. But before that, I slide money up under the board. <laughs> I'm not preaching on honesty this morning. <laughs> I play for keeps, and I'm a bad winner. And I taunt when I'm winning, I, I, you know. <laughs> but can I tell you, in this world, the, the devil, the enemy... He's after me, he's after you, he's after our families, he's after our, our church, he's after our community. He plays for keeps. He plays for keeps. He means business, and sometimes life can be overwhelming, can it? Sometimes life can be cruel. And so we find a man at the gate whose life had been pretty cruel. You know, it was pretty cruel that he had to depend on other people to transport him to get him to this gate. It was a pretty cruel circumstance that he had to sit there day after day and ask for money. How humiliating that that must feel. Begging for alms so that he could survive. It was a cruel situation, he, but he was sitting at this beautiful place. But somebody was praying. Let me say that again. Somebody was praying. There are a lot of people, maybe even in this congregation, maybe in this community, there are a lot of people that are so close to what God is doing and what God is wanting to do, and, but they're still sitting in an ugly place, but somebody is praying. I believe there are people in this church who are praying. I believe that we have been praying for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren of this church and this community. There is somebody that is praying 
We have a prayer group that comes on Thursdays. They pray. I know that you pray. And we pray for other people. And we pray for God to help them and God to minister to them. And that day, Peter and John, who were praying people, came in contact with a man who was in an ugly condition. And I think where, where the rubber meets the road. I'm having a hard time getting it out this morning. Oh, oh, no. I think where the rubber meets the road is when a praying people will meet people who are in their ugly condition and meet them right where they are. Because they had been praying. They were going to pray. They were in alignment. They were in alignment with what power that prayer can do in your life. And they were ready. They were ready. And they were where they were supposed to be. And they, being prayerful men, came into contact with a man who was in an ugly situation. And maybe this week the Lord will put me in contact with somebody who is in an ugly situation. And maybe I'll be a man of prayer and I'll be ready for it. What about you? Is that all right this morning? And there he was in his ugly condition. And Peter and John find him there. His ugly condition might have included he was at the right place but he was doing the wrong things. He was near the church, if I can say it that way, but he was asking for money, not for prayer. Is it possible for us to come to church week after week after week, but we, we really aren't asking for the right things, or maybe we're just not coming really for the right reason? Maybe we just kind of we just kind of check it off our box because uh, we know we should, or maybe we, we come because we enjoy the great fellowship that we have here, or, or maybe you're like me and you come for the food or whatever. I mean, we come. But it's possible to come and sit in the church, to sit in the presence of God week after week, sitting in the right place, but here for the wrong reasons. And I don't want that to happen. Right? He was asking the wrong people. He was seeking solution from the wrong resources. He thought that money could help him. That's all he was asking for day after day after day. There's no record of him saying, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? I would love to go in there and worship with you. He's asking for money. Can I tell us this morning, money cannot solve all of our problems. Sometimes money creates more problems. Bible calls it the, the deceitfulness of riches, right? I could go into a whole, we could a whole, whole series of sermons right there. There are things in this life, hear, hear your pastor this morning, there are things in this life that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy freedom. Not just the freedom we experience today, but freedom on the inside. Money can't buy that. The Bible said that the Lord is that spirit, and the spirit of the Lord is liberty, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. I can't, money can't buy me freedom on the inside. Money cannot buy me forgiveness of my sins. Money can't buy me forgiveness and restoration in a relationship with somebody in my life. Come on, somebody. Money can't buy me faith. Money cannot buy the grace of God that I need Every single day. Money can't buy the mercy of God that's new every morning. Money can't buy me health. Somebody said health is wealth. And there's true. We need our health. 
but wealth is not necessarily health. (laughs) Money can't buy us health. Money can't buy us peace. I'm preaching all right this morning. I'm not anti-money. I'm just saying money's just a tool. Money is just a tool to do ministry, to honor God, and to live life, and to enjoy ourselves at times, and all that in the proper balance. Amen? But money can't buy us the most important things. And Peter looked at this man, and he said, Silver and gold have I none. Now, I guess the man probably at that point, either his heart sank within him, or he might have been so used to being told no that he was kind of immune to it, tough skin to it. I don't know how the man felt, but there was probably some disappointment. But Peter said, but such as I do have, that I want to give to you. Let's look at this slide that's what every Christian should give. Some, some practical principles, really. Well, practical and spiritually, I guess, that I see in this passage. One is the appropriate attention to care. You know, the, the, the vision, mission of this church is summed up in three words. Connect, create, and care. Care, giving and serving, loving, care. Peter and John took the time to care. And as Christians, may we always take the time to care. They could have been so focused on, we are the leaders of this growing Christian movement. And the people need to see us in the temple. And we need to get in there and do our praying. And we need to get in there and shake hands and hug necks and be seen. And and prayer is important and our ministry is important. And they could have easily just walked on by this man in his ugly condition and walked into the beautiful place. And it's tempting as ministers, it's tempting as Christians, we're all ministers in some way. It is very tempting for all of us to want to get over here into this beautiful place where it seems glamorous and exciting and the ministry and everybody's patting us on the back and and telling you, you know, it's great and wonderful and, and whatever. But what about those ugly things that we're passing or the ugly I won't call them ugly people, but the people dealing with ugly things that we might be passing by where we need to take time to get our hands dirty. Is that all right this morning? And sometimes we can be so focused on the ministry even that we can miss somebody right outside the door. I heard Pastor Allison say this one time, and I don't even remember what the service was or even the context, but I've never forgotten it, and it has, it has stirred in me many different times, and I've thought about it. He said there, there could be people right next to this church who need to be ministered to. And I thought, my goodness, what about our neighbors? What about the community just beyond? We're in a beautiful place, aren't we? This, you can say amen to that. This is a beautiful church. The building is beautiful. The people are beautiful. The meals are beautiful. It is a beautiful church. And I thank God for that. It, God did it. And God does it and he continues to do it. But this is a beautiful place. We could get so focused on just being part of this beautiful community that we could forget that maybe, just maybe, there's somebody not too far from these beautiful gates 
that need appropriate attention for us to care for. Don't let us ever forget that. This is the type of church it could be. For me, let me just talk to you as a pastor. It could be so easy for me just to get caught up in the life of this church. I love it. I enjoy it and just do ministry. But, but sometimes I've got to realize there are people beyond this beautiful place that our church is called and I'm called to minister to and to help. So they took appropriate attention to care. Number two, they gave generously from their resources. Now, in this case, they didn't have money to give. Sometimes we have time to give. Sometimes somebody just needs some of our time. Just some of our time. Sometimes we have a touch to give. Maybe you're on the workplace and you can just pat somebody on the shoulder or give them a a nice appropriate side hug or a fist bump or a high five or a smile. Right? Give generously. Sometimes it is our treasure. Sometimes we do have resources that we can help somebody with and we can have a generosity there. Sometimes it's our talents, our skill set that we can say, okay, I can do that. I can, I can get a hammer out or I can get a musical instrument out or I can sew that or I can cook that. or I can. So we can give generously from our resources. And I thought, how do we explain this? And the best that I can come up with when we think about generosity, somehow we just have to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, cultivate a heart of generosity. And so I'd ask us this morning, you know, as we think about this sermon, as you're listening even now, ask the Lord to cultivate a heart of generosity. Is my heart selfish sometimes? Or do I have that heart of generosity that I give to others of my time, my talent, my touch, my my treasure. And then thirdly, every Christian should give the prayer of faith. Notice I added of faith. So many times we say, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. The best thing that we can do for anybody is to really mean that. And then when we pray, Really believe God for them. Really believe God for them. Lord, I I pray for sister and brother so-and-so, and and they are really, really having a situation. But God, I believe that you can get involved, and you can help them, and you can minister to them. You see what I'm saying? Pray for them, but believe what we're praying. Believe who we're praying to, and What a difference that we can make if we give to people the prayer of faith. I have started more and more. And the other day I kind of thought it through and made up my mind to try to do it even more and more. That when I see somebody and they're asking about prayer for me to say, you know what, let's pray right now. Who cares if it's in Walmart? Right? Who cares if it's in the Dutch pantry or if it's in a parking lot or, or wherever. And I, and I thought the other day, I said, you know, I, I'm going to, I do that a little bit from time to time or I'll say, hey, can I pray with you right now? But I, I, I want to do that more. I, I want to I try to make it my goal that if, if I'm out and talking to somebody at the hospital or, or merchandise place or wherever and they, they need prayer, I say, I'll pray for you. But hey, can I pray with you right now? I think that'd be all right. 
I think that would be appropriate for us to do. Every Christian should get. What would happen if we prayed with somebody out in the Walmart and the Lord touched them right then and there and somebody down aisle seven saw it and the Lord touched them too? Be all right, wouldn't it? It'd be all right. What's my next slide? Believe. We do what we can and God will do what he can. Their prayers brought God's presence. Hear me this morning. Their prayers brought God's presence into a burdened place, into a barren place. The man couldn't walk. They brought God's presence there. What if you, what if me, what if we were conduits of prayer and we're taking God's presence and bringing it in to the situation where right where the person is. They prayed, they believed, and the man was healed. The man was healed. Let me ask you this morning, is it you or is it somebody you know or maybe it's a little bit of both? Do you need a physical healing? Do you need an emotional healing? Do you need or does someone you know need a relational healing? Maybe a financial healing we could probably add to that list. When we do our part, God will do his part. We do our part, God will do his part. Pray, believe, listen. Take time to do that with somebody else this week. And expect God to show up. I guess I'm digging around that word believe. Expect God to show up. Can I be honest with you? And you not think any less of me today and not cut my paycheck for the week. <laughs> There's a lot of food to buy. Can I tell you, I even I know sometimes it's so easy to just pray a little prayer and then I think, am I really believing it? Am I really, really believing Is that all right this morning? Do you understand? I mean, we can get into this rote you know, we can be around this so long. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray. Lord, touch them. Lord, help them. Lord, yeah. I'm not saying it has to be this long necessarily. But my goodness, let's believe what we pray. You know, and sometimes I get in just that robot function. Lord bless. Lord, do, do, do. And I guess that's good at some level. But I, I, I want to go beyond that. And I, I want to, you know, when I pray, I want to believe. And when I pray, I want to expect that, that God has heard this prayer. And God, in his way and in his time, by his power, by his resources, he's going to get involved in this situation. Pray and believe. Now, when we pray, and I'm getting ready to close, don't try to manipulate God. Don't try to manipulate God. Don't try to back God into a corner. Some people say, well, Lord, I will serve you if you do thus and so. No, forget it. Forget it. That's a manipulation. Or God, I'll serve you if you change this situation. Nope, forget it. Don't back God into a corner. Don't manipulate God. Guess what? He knows our hearts. 
He already knows our hearts. The other thing I wrote down here in my notes is this. Don't try to dictate the terms of how God's going to do it. Our job, our responsibility is to present the need to God and believe. His responsibility is to figure out the solution and how he's going to address it. Don't try to back God into a corner. Can we read those final verses again, verses 6 through 10? We're going to have prayer time. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they all knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were all filled with wonder and amazement, at what had happened to him. Would you stand with me this morning? I still believe that God is a healer. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I still believe God is a deliverer. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I still believe God can do the impossible. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I still believe God can help you right where you are. If you believe that, say amen. I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know if you're one of those in the temple praying that God's saying, keep on praying, keep living for me, but I want to put you into contact with some ugly situations so that you can bring my presence into there. Or I don't know if you're the one that's sick. You're right outside of the gate of where you need to be. In Romans, when it goes into that beautiful salvation passage, it says that the word is near thee. It's nigh thee. It's right there. And I think how close salvation is. How close life change is. How close a new beginning for you is. You're right at the gate. If you're standing here this morning and you say, I know I'm not ready to meet the Lord. I know that. You are so close. You are so close to a place called beautiful. Why not take that step today and say, I'm I'm coming home. I'm giving my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Enough of this sitting in an ugly spot looking over the gate and seeing the blessings of God. I don't have to sit there any longer. I have access through Jesus Christ. He wants to pick me up, take me by the hand, and bring me in. How about it this morning? Where are you today? Where are you today? Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Would you bow your heads with me all over this building? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to rest upon us this morning? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to draw hearts and lives, men and women, boys and girls, to the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't have to sit in an ugly place right outside of the gate beautiful. I don't have to be 
bound by the same old, same old over and over. And yes, I can break the past. I can break the past. I can break the pattern. I can break the generational curse. I can break the bondage through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ who is walking by your way and my way. And he stretches out his hand this morning and he said, if you'll just take my hand, I'll lift you up and strength can come back into you and I'll help you and you can serve me and you can live for me. And the Bible promises me this, that he who the Son has set free is free indeed. I want to tell you this morning, hear this pastor's heart. If you mean business with God, God will mean business with you. If you mean business with God, God will mean business with you. I'm going to say it one more time because I feel it this morning and somebody needs to hear it. Again, if you mean business with God, God will mean business with you. Holy Spirit, would you honor, and I know you will, because you always do, will you honor the proclamation of your word today as we have obeyed you in preaching what you have instructed and put on my heart to preach, as we have proclaimed your word Bible says that your word will not come back void. It will accomplish what is intended to accomplish. Holy Spirit, I put it in your hands this morning. Would you deal with every, every one of us, myself included, as to what we should do in response to this sermon today? Would you have your way in this place? Minister to hearts and lives. It's only you can't.